Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just going through those scores yesterday from uh, the England side. Crawley 17 uh, from 25. Uh, ben Duckett, 32 from 28. They really uh, smacked them around. I mean, they just do play so positively. Ollie Pope, 26 from 30. Joe Root, 77 from 69. Harry Brook, 97 from 71, including nine sixes. Quite staggering. That'll be your top five, I think. You'll put Stokes on the back of that, um, coming at six. Uh, and then you'll use uh, probably Ben Folks at seven, who's the wicketkeeper. Now, uh, that's the other thing. I, from a wicketkeeping perspective, what I'm really looking forward to this series is the battle between Ben Folks uh, and Tom Blundell. I think uh, Tom Blundell is a superior batsman, but um, I think they're, they're pretty even in terms of their glove work. In fact, I'll say Folks' work standing up in the tough conditions in India uh, on really turning pitches was quite outstanding. Uh, I think probably the best gloveman, pure gloveman in the world of cricket at the moment, Ben Folks. Uh, but a uh, nice little match-up between him and Tom Blundell, who has uh, been standing up to the stumps well, uh, getting a lot of stumpings, which is quite rare for New Zealand wicketkeepers over the years. And uh, that match-up, uh, I think, will be uh, quite fascinating. Folks against Blundell. Right, uh, let's, uh, we talked about Manchester United. They uh, came back from uh, the dead this morning and uh, won, they drew two all. Drew two all with Leeds United, so a point for uh, both sides, which is great for Leeds. But Manchester United have been uh, in the news a wee bit uh, in terms of maybe the transfer market and some ownership, Logan. Yeah, there's a couple of things to keep uh, Ricardo Ball and all other diehard Manchester United fans in New Zealand uh, on the tip of their toes. Firstly, and I'm not doing this to provoke you at all, Smithy, but the rumour mill is definitely circling around Harry Kane going to uh, to Manchester. Has been for a while. Um, this is what Gary Neville, uh, Manchester United great, had to say just a couple of weeks ago about it. Look, I mean, Tottenham fans, I don't think, have got a particularly great memory or fond memory of me moving Harry Kane to Manchester. It wasn't United, it was the City at the time. So I'm not going to wind them up on a Sunday that I'm not even there. Harry Kane improves every single team in Europe, every single team in the world. He is a wonderful striker, uh, great professional. So it would be obvious that you look at Manchester United, they're still playing with Martial up front. They brought Vergost in, who was a stopgap till the end of the season and no more. They've obviously lost Cristiano Ronaldo, Cavani from last season, so they've got real problems in that area. Um, they haven't got a, what I would class as a natural centre-forward uh, that gives them the sort of play that um, Eric Ten Hag wants. So for me, they need to sign a striker, they need to spend big money on a striker, or on earth somebody from somewhere, and I can't see where that's coming from. So Kane would be a great signing, but getting him out of Tottenham is not going to be easy. The thing there is, Smithy, that was a couple of weeks ago, and when that sort of came out, uh, from the likes of you know anyone who's a Manchester fan, a lot of them seem to say, well, we don't really want Harry Kane. 
which is probably good news for you. Uh, he's sort of, you know, on, on the aging side of things, as far as a pro footballer goes, he's 29. We want, you know, they want someone who's a bit younger. Well, now the name Victor Osman has been floated to be going to Manchester United to address that centre forward issue. He's 24. He's playing in the Serie A for Napoli. Napoli are having a real uh, resurgence on the back of him uh, leading the league with 16 goals. So that is another name to look out for as things continue on there, Smithy. On the other side of things, in terms of ownership, uh, Qatari investors are planning to make a huge bid to buy Manchester United. Uh, the Daily Mail reported, citing unnamed sources. Don't you love when they do that? The report described the investors as a group of private high-wealth individuals from Qatar, which hosted the uh, most recent World Cup. United declined to comment when contacted by Reuters, but Bloomberg News reported last month that Qatar Sports Investments QCI, which owns Paris Saint-Germain, was considering entering uh, either a total takeover or a stake in Manchester United or their rivals Liverpool. Meanwhile, Ineos formally entered the bidding process to buy United last month after the club's US owners, the Glazer family, uh, said in November that they had begun looking at options, including new investment or a potential sale, as fans clamour for a change of ownership and the Glazers have been a target of intense criticism. Because why? <laughs> the last time the team won silverware was back in 2017, lifting the Europa League and League Cup trophies. So fans are wanting movement, Smithy. They're wanting a player. Uh, a lot of demands going on there for the Red Devils. Yeah, well, it's interesting too, and I don't know if it's just me, but aren't the Saudis and the Qataris really becoming quite prominent now in terms of ownership and sponsorship mm. uh, around the world? Um, and <coughs> we, we, we still won't um, know, but uh, for a while I would imagine if they're going to resolve this issue over the, uh, the, the visit Saudi scheme, uh, tourism scheme, um, as one of the principal backers of uh, the Women's World Cup for football, um, and both countries, uh, New Zealand and Australia, have um, have spoken about that. Uh, both saying they're really not that fussed on that idea. Um, but of course, um, money talks and all sport and money talks with FIFA as well. So that'll be very interesting to see if that stays as a principal sponsor or whether that is squashed. Uh, and on the subject too of uh, women's sport, of course, uh, the women's T20 World Cup is just around the corner now. The warm-ups uh, concluded, and ours didn't conclude very well. We lost to England. But there was a real turn-up there as well with the Ireland beating Australia. Now, who in their wildest of dreams would ever think that would happen? I love this, but I am also a bit wary that this now sort of <laughs> lights a fire under the Australians when they take on the White Ferns in their first match of the T20 Women's World Cup. But yes, Ireland have pulled off a bit of a surprise there. Smithy, all uh, Prendergrass put on a fine all-round display as Ireland chased down 169 runs to defeat Australia by three wickets to head into their World Cup on a high. The right arm medium pacer dismissed opener Beth Mooney for a first ball duck on her way to figures of two for 19 from her four overs. Elisa Healy and Talia McGrath uh, then combined for a 135 run stand, which ended with McGrath retiring on 56 to give other batters time in the middle. Elise Perry's 40 not out from 20 balls steered Australia to 168 for three which Amy Hunter and Gabby Lewis gave Ireland a fast start in chasing down, putting on 39 runs in just 3.5 overs. After that, uh, Ireland captain uh, Laura Delaney was talking to RT Sport about that result. 
I suppose you always want to contribute with both the bat and the ball as an all-rounder um, and I think as a squad everything's heading in the right direction. Some of the girls have put in really good performances and spent a lot of time out in the middle and as a bowling group we're being tested which is great. We want to make sure that we have our plans right ahead of next week and our group game starting. I will admit Smithy I put that in the show because I just I love the Irish accent. <laughs> and I, I like the Irish accent too. It's, it's really cool. Um, but they are now, um, I won't say they'll win the ICC T20 World Cup for women, Ireland, but uh, they're a genuine threat. If you can knock over Australia and produce those kind of numbers against a very good Australian bowling attack uh, when you're chasing it, that's quite a big total, um, eight and over, uh, to, to run down against a, a pretty cool attack. So uh, Ireland will grow in confidence from that. I, I venture to say that they will, uh, they'll upset someone in this tournament, Ireland. They'll be a factor in, in that regard. So uh, don't, I'm a little bit worried about us, though. I'm a little bit worried about uh, the New Zealand chances in this 